Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. For the next two weeks, we are taking a break from Ephesians for messages highlighting Christmas. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we will be listening to a message by Pastor Harris from December 19, 2021. This message was first taught to us by the Apostle John in the first chapter of his gospel, beginning with verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father. He has explained him. Please listen to Jim as he gives us today's slice of this week's message entitled, The Word Made Flesh. We at Heritage Bible Church wish you all a merry, Christ-centered Christmas. God says, receive my love. Receive the sacrifice of my own son for your sins, and you can have fellowship with me through Jesus Christ. You see, human religion is always, here's what you need to do in order to get to God. Christianity is exactly the opposite. You can't get to God. God came to you. This isn't what you need to do. This is what has been done on your behalf. You don't deserve salvation. You can't earn it. You can't earn any part of it. It's all by grace. And the grace comes to you when you comprehend the truth about Jesus Christ. The Old Testament contains many pictures and shadows of the, the Savior who was to come, the, the, the Messiah. There are, there are types and symbols and examples and, and, and vivid pictures describing aspects of who this Son would be. But God revealed the full truth about, the, about salvation in His Son who fulfilled that law. The truth is available, and it brings salvation to anyone who will receive it by faith. So salvation is a matter of grace and truth. You don't have forgiveness. You don't have eternal life. If you think anything other than God's grace could save you, you're not saved apart from the truth about Jesus Christ. It's in the truth that you find the grace. Not to um, spoil the titles of movies or kids' books or anything like that, but not all roads lead to heaven. There's one way, one way. Now, quickly, the rest of this section, all of which supports this grand proclamation from verse 14. Look at verse 15. John testified about him and cried out, saying, 
This is he of whom I said, he who comes after me has a greater rank than I, for he existed before me. Okay, now don't get confused with more than one person named John. Here, John the Apostle is referring to John the Baptist, and he's saying that Jesus is superior to John the Baptist. John, is, John the Apostle is not um, denigrating the significance of John the Baptist. And at this point in the first service, I actually said, and I didn't know that I said it, John the Baptist did make a big splash. <laughs> Two people came up and said, boy, that was funny. I said, what was funny? Uh, okay. I am held accountable for every word I say. John made ripples when he baptized people. But here's the point. There were some people, by the time John the Apostle wrote, there were some people that still maintained quite a loyalty to John the Baptist long after Jesus came. So the Apostle John includes this verse for their sake, but also to connect Jesus and the truth with all of the Old Testament predictions of the Savior and John the Baptist being his forerunner. The difference between John the Baptist and, the dif- and Jesus is the difference between the finite and the infinite, the temporal and the eternal, the prophecy and the fulfillment, the pilot light and the blowtorch of the glory of God. Jesus is the one. And though John the Baptist was born six months before Jesus, do you notice he too asserted that Jesus was before me? He's saying Jesus is eternal. John the Baptist is saying Jesus is God who became man. So the Word became flesh. Therefore, number one, behold His glory. Now, receive His grace. Verses 16 and 17. John writes, For of His fullness we have all received and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Verse 14 declares the fullness of Christ's display of grace and truth. And then verse 16 says that John and all the other believers experience the fruits of the fullness of grace and truth in Jesus Christ. Notice he says, we've received it. Grace upon grace. My friends, grace is not something that you get spritzed on you. It's not something that you you get a dab of. It's not a little dabble, do you, if you're really old, okay? You stand in the grace of God. You You are immersed in the grace of God. My friends, when I came to Christ, when I heard the gospel a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, I desperately needed His grace, and when I had, it had been explained to me that I was a sinner and I, and I needed a Savior, I, I, I just basked in His grace, and it was given to me. And you know what? I need that grace just as badly today as I did then, and I have it just as fully today as I did then, because it's grace upon grace. You just can't get away from it. One wave of grace washes over you and you still are standing in His grace. Oh, what a glorious Savior He is. Verse 17 is yet another corroboration of famous verse 14. It declares the superiority of Christ to to the laws of the Old Testament. All of those laws were all pictures pointing to the Savior, but they were all fulfilled in Him. And if you'd like an elaboration on that verse, 
Just spend the afternoon very carefully reading and studying Hebrews chapters 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. And then you might loop back to Galatians. I'll throw in Romans too. The point is that all of the law was a tutor to lead us to understand the fact that we need a Savior. We're sinners. We need a Savior. We have a Savior because the fulfillment of the Old Testament law given through Moses is found in Jesus Christ. He's the one who made the once for all sacrifice for sins. All those shadows, all shadows and all those pictures in the Old Testament sacrifices and offerings, they all point to the reality which is Jesus Christ full of grace and truth. Christmas is all about coming, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. To understand and to appropriately celebrate Christmas requires that you realize the word became flesh. Therefore, we behold His glory, we receive His grace, and finally, we can understand God. Verse 18, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, He has explained Him. That says that Jesus Christ is the most perfect possible portrait of God that you can see as a finite and fallen human being. Even when we're told that Moses spoke to God as face to face, yet even Moses was not allowed to see God in all of his fullness. He would have been consumed if he had. Remember Isaiah's vision in Isaiah chapter 6? And Isaiah thought he was seeing the fullness of God. He says, okay, I'm toast. No one can see God and live. Even the Apostle John, who not only was the an eyewitness to the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, he later received all that he wrote down in the book of Revelation. He saw yet only visions, glimpses of the heavenly realities that he describes. No one has seen God at any time, but this only begotten God has explained him. Only begotten God, that's a, a very powerful statement. If you look at the King James, it reads, the only begotten Son. Well, okay, He is the Son, He was begotten. That's not not true, but that comes from a later and inferior manuscript of the New Testament. Um, it says the only begotten God. Why would somebody change God to Son? Well, because they wanted Him to be a man without being God. So that's, that's how the corruptions came into things. The only begotten God. God became man. If you read it in the New, Ameri in the New International Version, it says, God the one and only. Now, where does that come from? That comes from no planet I've ever been on. That's when you say, it's too hard for people to understand that God became man, so we're going to make up something that sounds really cool. God the one and only. God, there's only one God. Go God. No, it's a precise statement. The one or the only begotten God. God became man. It's a careful, strong statement of the eternal sonship of Christ who became a man at a point in time. And where is he now? Who is in the bosom of the Father. That describes the continuing closeness of the Father and the Son. Jesus is back with the Father where he ascended. Oh, and he's coming again. We'll deal with that another time. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.